Week 9, and we are here to preview the Eagles and the Bears as the Bears will head out to Philadelphia this weekend, and we'll have a little rematch of last year's heartbreaking playoff game in Philadelphia. I'm your host, Patrick Comiskey, joined as always by Premier Amp and Brandon Suarez. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Uh, I'm doing a little bit better, Pat. Not cold anymore after just getting home from work, but uh, Brandon, how about yourself, man? Uh, we've been hitting some solid crackums. Got the outdoor fridge fully operational with this lovely snow that we got here in the Chicagoland area. And I am cautiously optimistic about this weekend's matchup against the Eagles. This is more than just a matchup on the schedule. This is a do or die game again. But in essence, we got to play the team that knocked us out last year. So it's really who do you have in your locker room? Who's going to be with us moving forward and who can get on the bus and get the fuck up out of here? And we're going to find that out this week. Absolutely. You love it. Love the outdoor fridge thing. It's one of those days, man. You don't even have to, you don't have to put them in the fridge. You don't have to go buy ice. You can just put them right outside. It's cold enough. It's snowing. So the beers are cold and we're ready to talk a little bears football. So yeah, like you said, it's going to be like a little bit of a revenge game. It's going to show you what do you have? Can you go in there and beat a good football team? The bears have been losing to bad football teams. So if they're gonna if they're gonna win this game, they're definitely gonna have to turn it around. Uh, they get Philadelphia. Philadelphia's come coming in uh, hot. They come in off of a thirty-one to thirteen win at Buffalo last week. Um, at Buffalo is never an easy place to play. They got the they got the rowdy fans there. They got all that going. Uh, they've actually been pretty decent this year. So it was kind of a figure it out game last week for the Eagles. They come off of that. Their offense got it rolling. Um, guys, what concerns you about this game with Philadelphia or what maybe do you like? Uh, what concerns me, Pat, is it's, it's not only a revenge game for the bears. It is a revenge game for two Eagles players that, um, one of which I am concerned about, but I actually am not, uh, totally concerned about Howard. I I think he's going to have an impact, but I'm actually honestly more concerned about Miles Sanders, who, uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup with the two rookie running backs uh, with David Montgomery and Miles Sanders this week. Yeah, and the one matchup I'd like to point out is I think, you know, regardless of what we got going on in the offensive side of the ball or the quarterback position, this is a secondary that you can attack. 
Mitch can finally get his feet set in the ground on and some, you know, somebody that we can go after. Um, you know, they've had a lot of injuries this year. They got guys like Malcolm Jenkins back there, Avante Maddox, people like that, Ronald Darby. But other than that, they don't have like, you know, an island corner, someone that's going to follow your number one, someone that's going to be locked down. They are more of a unit. And this year that unit has been getting tested. So, and you said in the Dallas game a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a tale of two tapes for the Eagles, uh, defense this season. They have, uh, well, they haven't, they've been really good against the run, but they haven't been as good against the pass. So, you know, the bears got the run game going last week. They kind of got the offense moving. If they're going to do it this week, it might be a little bit more of a challenge. Uh, the Eagles are eighth in the league against the run. So, you know, there are no slouches. They're coming in, in top ten. However, against the against the past, you know, they're just they're more so towards the bottom leaf coming coming in at twenty first against that. So, you know, I feel like we kind of sit here every week and say, if you know, if Mitch is gonna get it going, this could be the week. This could be the week for, for Mitch. He can attack their secondary. So hey, That's why uh, I said cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm gonna be straight up. Um as of last weekend, I am officially broken. And I'm going to tell you guys this much. I have no hope in hell that he's going to get it done. I see two uh, interceptions in this game for Mitch. In an abysmal, I don't know, 210 yards. Uh, he can't even, you know, break 300 against this piss poor uh, team against the receivers. So that's just my opinion. But I don't trust him worth a damn right now. No, and I, you know, I mean, who does at this point? You know, even even Brandon. the score after. Even the score app doesn't trust on this. Optimistic. I'm not Ethan, guys. You're still optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm in full blown. Um, get this guy the fuck out of here mode. So I, I'm. I have no sense of optimism going well, on for Mitch Trubisky. Well, Pat, nine more games, and then hopefully he can uh, take a seat for a little while. I mean, you would sir, ho- certainly hope so, and you know, at this point. Is he going to last the entire nine games? I don't think Chase Daniel brings a whole lot more to this football team, but Might be better. You, know, you never know. This I feel like this is the game where it's actually I have zero faith in the Bears. I think they're going to get throttled. I think Mitch Trubisky's in for a long, long, long afternoon. Uh, one thing that we should certainly bring up is that Philadelphia has one of the best front four in the league. They get after the quarterback. Uh, they're actually one of the top units at getting pressure on the quarterback without blitzing. So, uh, you know, that's just... Yeah, they have a quality front four. Yeah, very good. You've seen it in that playoff game last year. They kind of frustrated Mitch a little bit. Now you put them at home, more so in the middle of the year. You're going to see some more favorable positions, or excuse me, conditions. I I, I think this is going to... I think you're going to see... This is going to be a game where the wheels fully come off the bus, in my opinion, that front four is going to be all over them all day. This is an offensive line that has struggled all year. They had a, they had a better week last week, um, but you also have to take into account that last week the Chargers had a couple of injuries on their defensive line. So you're you're facing a healthy Eagles front line, and you're facing a good Eagles front line. So. You still couldn't stop Joey Bosa, though. Yeah, and you know everything else was great and dandy. But... So yeah, <laughs> but that that was your issue. So I think. I think you're going to see guys running after Mitch all day, and he might be running for his life a little bit. Uh, what do you that's guys think said about two, that matchup? That's why, that's why I said, my friend, two picks. That's why I'm I'm only going two. We, we could see more. 
Uh, maybe maybe mixing a fumble too. Ah, uh, yeah, another butt fumble. And hey, but hey, yeah. that wasn't his fault. You know, if you ask the social media world, that wasn't entirely Mitch's fault. His his players shouldn't have ran into him. Fucking morons. Yeah. So the butt fumble is never a good look, but you're supposed to keep it high and tight as a quarterback. So that's my thoughts. Right. Yeah. A little too loosey goosey there for Mitch, of course. Um, uh, Aaron, you brought it up earlier. Kind of, this could be a revenge. It's a revenge game for the Bears. Obviously, we know what happened in that playoff game last year. But there are two Go guys ahead. on. Yeah, there are two guys on that Eagles team that uh, the Bears kind of gave up on a little bit. Uh, yeah, gave- I I defer I defer to one was given up on, and I defer the one gave up on the team. That's yeah, just I, yeah, and you've seen Alshon Jeffrey have his little moments of looking like he's going to do that to Philadelphia as well this season. But one guy that they certainly did give up on was Jordan Howard. Um, you know, he's actually he's having a nice year for Philadelphia. It's definitely more of an advantageous spot for him. He kind of gets his he kind of gets his little windows of opportunity. They put him in the right position. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry and he has five touchdowns in the season. What do you guys expect to see from him? Aaron, I know you said you were more concerned with Miles Sanders, but what do you guys think you're, we're going to see out of Jordan Howard this weekend? I think they're going to attack the middle. So obviously, you know, Jordan Howard, this is a revenge game for him. I don't think, you know, obviously they have a couple backs in that, in that system, so they're not going to give him all of the carries. But I do think you're going to see about 15 to 20 carries from Jordan Howard or at least 15 to 20 touches. I'm going to say under three catches because he still can't catch. But he still <laughs> he still is a problem, you know. So we'll go 12 to 15 carries for sure, 100%. That's going to happen. So, uh, you know, what our front four, our front seven is able to do with it. Roquan and Trevin got to fill. The line's got to be able to create penetration up front, and then we'll go from there. But – in my opinion, this is an offense that can hit you in many different ways, but they're an offense that's also uh, con- the the dropped pass is a contagious thing with this offense. We've seen it with Nelson Aguilar all season. Obviously, we know Jordan Howard being the Bears the last few years can't really catch. So it is it's something where we're going to need to get pressure on Carson Wentz early, and we cannot let them get any sort of run game established. So what I have to say is they're going to flip the script. Watch Doug Peterson's going to flip the script entirely. They're going to run it down our throats with Miles Sanders and they're going to give Jordan Howard like 10 attempts to catch the ball out of the backfield just to just to stick it to this arrogant idiot Matt Nagy right now who <laughs> he's not an idiot guys. Remember, he's not an idiot, but he's going to Howard's going to catch like 10, yeah, he's going to catch like 10 passes for like Probably like 50 yards. It's going to be like a joke, but like they're just going to jam it into to the Bears and say, look, he can catch the football. Um, you know, I, I am concerned about him. I think he gets like like Brandon said, I think he's going to get that 15 plus range uh, touches, but I don't know if he's going to be as effective. I think this is going to be something they watch and I'm more concerned about um, Miles Sanders. Like I said, uh, I'm not worried about Alshon. And you also got to look at the fact Zach Ertz has been absolutely quiet. Uh, for them this season he's had a very bad year uh, Dallas Goddard looks like he's actually kind of already taken over for him so watch the tight end position because that's going to be a struggle for us too if you know when the time comes where they hit some play actions and stuff like that yeah so you know going back to it it's you know it's a Philly offense that has kind of struggled out of the gate but they got themselves going a little bit last week and uh, a lot of what got them going was just flat out handing the ball to Jordan Howard he got 23 rushing attempts. He clocked in at 96 yards. 
and he had the touchdown. And then you talked about Miles Sanders as well. Miles Sanders can kind of be your home run guy. He only got the ball three times, but he broke off a 65-yard run, and he had 74 yards, and he walked away with a touchdown as well. So, And then he also played a factor in the passing game. He caught three passes for 44 yards. And like you, like you said, too, Dallas Goddard's starting to be coming to himself a little bit. Zach Ertz, quiet. But, you know, he, we all know that Zach Ertz is supposed to be a huge part of that offense. It's kind of in that realm of the type of offense they run, similar to the type of the offense the Bears wish they ran, um, is where the tight end is supposed to be a key part of that offense. So maybe against a defense that, you know, is missing a key Hicks up the middle, you're probably going to see a lot of Jordan Howard, like, Brandon said so if you're look if you're buying into the Jordan Howard revenge game you would think the Eagles are definitely going to look look to make that work and you would think too they're going to look to get Zach Ertz going Bears linebackers this year haven't been as good as I think you would have expected them to be so maybe that's an area that they'll look other, to expose other than uh, other than Danny Trevathan I think Danny's been very good other than he was quiet that first game of the year and he's been solid since Roquan hasn't been right yet, but I felt like he showed up last week. But the person I actually wanted to bring up, guys, really quick that we didn't even discuss yet, um, you know, it just kind of goes off the injury front of everything. It looks like Deshaun Jackson might be back this week. He's been at practice fully for the last two days. I actually saw a clip on Twitter today of him making a one-handed catch. And I'm going to tell you this. He's going to concern the hell out of me this week if he plays because who's covering him? Are you yeah, going to he's, he's very fast, even at yeah, his age. He's going to burn. He's going to burn whoever's sticking him, whether that's uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to put Buster on him just to try and keep up with him. I don't know if Fuller's going to try and play five yards off of him and then get burned deep. Or you're going to have the old aging man of Prince of Mukamura trying to stop him, which <laughs> ain't going to go well. Um, so I fully expect a big day out of Sean Jackson if he plays. I do as well. Um Deshaun Jackson's kind of, he's, a, I think he's a difference maker for this offense. He's kind of, he plays that role like in Kansas City. Their offense is different when Tyreek Hill's not, th- not there. The Eagles' offense should, you know, you haven't had the opportunity to see a lot this year, but in the one game, you know, he did play that first game of the season, he was lethal. He takes the top off of defense. You cannot bring your safety down and play him, you know, more towards the box. Someone has to be respecting the fact that he can run down the field and burn you at any point in the game. And now, he can line up anywhere on the field, too. Most absolutely. of the time, you yeah. see him coming out of the slot. But, you know, he can either be one of the edge receivers on either side. So it's, it's tough. Obviously, he'll be a little bit slowed down coming back from the injury. But that first game that you brought up, that Tampa Bay game, Pat, I had him in my fantasy lineup. He sat on my bench, and I have never made a more egregious, <laughs> egregious mistake in losing a fantasy football matchup. I was so pressed because I'm a huge Deshaun Jackson guy. Like, I love the way he plays. I love the tenacity. I love how he's in your face and just talking shit to everyone. So I thought it was interesting that he's coming back for this game, but I don't see anyone on that defense with the speed to hang with him. We're going to yeah. have to bracket him. Absolutely. That's... Say we got to bracket him. Yeah, you're going to have to bracket him whether, you know, you're going to have to do that with HaHa and or Eddie, which maybe we can finally get an Eddie Jackson pick. But hmm. what I wanted to bring up, guys, really quick, since I, I mentioned injuries, we, we talked about this, is the Bears only have one as of right now, and that's Isaiah Irving with a quad injury. He has not participated the last two days. Um, tomorrow will be that, obviously, telltale sign on Friday if he is going to be ready, which 
is what it is. Uh, rotational player, so overly not overly concerned at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think at this point in the year, if there's one positive thing, it's that injury report. Only having one guy on it who is a reserve, not too bad. Um, so, so Leonard Floyd and Cleo Mack might have to play a couple extra plays coming off the edge this week. Leonard so, Floyd, Leonard Floyd, Pat, we got to put what, I don't know what it's called. Is it an IPB or whatever? His ass is missing. We need to MIA. find Leonard Floyd. MIA. Yeah, he's MIA. He is on the back of a milk carton. Leonard Floyd, <laughs> my boy Comiskey wants to know where you at. Everyone else here at Bears on Tap. We need you to have a good, productive rest of the season, and you need to be able to mirror Khalil Mack on the other side. So, another crack I'm coming your way. Love to see it, but it's you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting weekend. And like I said, this you know this game has the potential to rip my my Bears fanhood heart out because after seeing us lose that that game last year and the way we've performed this year is absolutely Ugh. absurd. Man. The yeah. only thing I could think of is we got to get our we got to meet with the with some representatives from the Nationals and from the Blues, get some shit together, and get this shit right. <laughs> and hey. I know that I know that pains you to hear it because I said Blues, but those teams looking down in the beginning of the season somehow turned it into a ship. A little bit different hey. in football, but <laughs> well, yeah. I, I just want to bring it up really quick. I put it out on Twitter today over on my page. Um, you know, they actually. Matt Nagy referenced that today, and he said, well, the Nationals turned it down, or turned it around when they were down, you know, 19 to 31 with their record, and we're going to, you know, basically we're going to do the same. It's like, well, you do know Matt Nagy. Baseball plays a shit ton of games. They had 70% of their games left. You guys have around 55 with, you know, 55% with your nine games left. And the worst part is the person leading your division is 7-1 and one right now. So, Oh, yeah, we ain't got a shot in fucking hell catching them, but – Keep this in mind. We do have the game on the Vikings. If we can somehow pull some shit together, this is uh in the clouds beat on session right here. If they can somehow pull together a nine and seven season and they're somewhere anywhere near the Vikings, we own the tiebreaker with them. And I don't think that's a team that can beat us no matter how good they are right now. So Just the way they're constructed. So what do you guys have for like what do you see between this matchup between Wentz and Mitch this week? I mean, do you see <laughs> Wentz, Wentz? Wait, wait, wait! Did you just ask us that? Well, I'm not. No, I'm not what? asking who no, you I have. Know. I'm just saying, like between the match, like not in the sense of this matchup. I mean, what do you it's see? Wentz. It's got to be Wentz. But the thing is, is interesting, and we haven't gotten to the defense yet. Is Wentz is a shell of himself when he's under any sort of pressure? So that's well, why Leonard and Khalil Mack got to get there. We got to get pressure. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we haven't been doing that. I haven't done it in over a month, realistically. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that's the weird thing. I think if you came in this year, you'd say, we're never going to sit on this microphone and wonder where the fuck the pressure is coming from the defense. That's the one thing they're going to do. And we haven't seen it. So, yeah, you're going to have to challenge. That's why I wrote the thing about Leonard Floyd is that you can't expect Cleo Mack to get it done every week because he's getting double or triple teamed on every single play. When you lose a key mix, that takes off. That takes a lot of responsibility away from the defense. They don't have to pay him the attention. They can put even more attention on Mack. Leonard Floyd, you got to wake up. You got to create pressure. Hey. They also have to get pressure from up the middle. So that that's the challenge. If they don't get pressure on once, he's going to have a big day. And hey, we Pat. know that he's going to have a bigger day than Mitch. I want to just bring this up really quick because, you know, with your article, it was great, great piece for everyone that needs to check it out. Um, I actually posted it 
on, on social media, and you wouldn't believe what somebody brought up. I think you're going to get a chuckle out of this one. They oh said, <laughs> he goes, oh boy. Somebody said, maybe they just need to move Leonard Floyd to middle linebacker since, you know, he's going to be able to cover better oh. and put him in, yeah, and okay. drop him into coverage more. And I just went like this instantly. He, uh, I've, I've seen him in coverage. It's nothing to go nuts about. He can't even sometimes, run into the flat, bro. Like, what are you doing? Sometimes you just got to turn off the Twitter machine. It's absolutely absurd, some of the takes that people put out it there. It wasn't even on Twitter. It was the Facebook. Oh, Facebook's so, yeah, even worse, worse dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand that Leonard Floyd has the body of, like, a wide receiver, but that doesn't mean you can just change him to a different position and expect, well, he'll be fine. Yeah, he's yeah. not good at the one he's at now. Exactly that, and I wholeheartedly agree. I'm actually at the point where I'm trying to figure out what, where can the Bears go to try and get rid of that fifth year option in some sort of sense because it's not worth it for that whatever million dollars he's going to be getting. I believe they can just cut him for nothing, correct? As long oh, as he's not it's, it's owed. I think it's owed. Because from what I read, that um, uh, on his contract, as long as he's not on the roster on. 20th they're off the hook i could be wrong though i'm not exactly sure how that works because i've seen it as no penalty if they released him as long as he's off the roster but yeah. i don't really uh, know how that works so or if yeah we'll, i mean we'll have to I read wanna... up a little bit i guess yep i'm gonna have I to google hope he's that. not back next year and that yep. and that should be more up my alley and i apologize for letting you guys down on that but i will let you know that um, as far as Leonard Floyd goes, some will overpay for him next year, and that's for damn sure. That oh, absolutely. It can't be the Bears, though. Yeah, it's yeah. an absolute product of being a, a Bear linebacker. You're going to get over, or a Bear defensive player, I should say, that you get overpaid. Hi, Adrian Amos, because you disappeared for a long time now. Um, yeah, for sure. But well, but we, but our guys at PFF love him, though. Actually, no, he's actually near the bottom in PFF. This right? year, this year, okay. Yeah, last they, year that was our one argument. I, I don't, you know, we didn't have this on tap last year, but I'm sure at some point both of you used that argument when about Amos at one point because I know I hammered it. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Pat. What were you saying though? Yeah, so you know, moving forward with this, I think if let's talk about one thing that has been a little weird this week, and I think it's Matt Nagy. Um, he's been weird the last couple weeks. Um. I'm going to ask you guys the question after I elaborate on it a little bit. Has Is Matt Nagy a little too arrogant? Um, we've seen it, in, I've seen it in two of his press conferences. We had the press conference immediately following the game Sunday, and then he kind of doubled down throughout the week. They asked him about kneeling at that end of the game and not getting closer for the field goal after the game and a couple days later, and Nagy... He held to his guns, wouldn't even consider the fact that perhaps he should have ran a couple more plays. He actually got a little chippy with some of the reporters, and he got super defensive about it. We've seen him with a stubborn play calling this year. So I'm going to ask you guys the question, is Matt Nagy a little too arrogant for his own good and for the own for the good of this team? So in my opinion, I think he's, you know, at times, yes, but he... he... In, in, in and of his in and of his own, he has earned the right. You know, he got coach of the year last year, stuff like that. But what he did this Sunday was inexcusable. And to re, you know, when you do dumb shit like that in the you know in the sports world or whatever, obviously he's going to be super hard headed about it. It's like he's got a goddamn construction hat on. He ain't he ain't trying to listen to anybody else. That was his decision. He's got to go with it a hundred and ten percent. 
So the thing that I that really rubbed me the wrong way and it came out later in the week is that he didn't even ask Pinheiro where he wanted the ball. And it's like, what the hell do you have going on where you can't go down to your kicker, ask him where he wants the ball, and whether you gotta run a dive play or a couple, you know, run a couple of plays to get there, or just have Mitch call hike and fall down on that hash. You gotta make that happen. And you had time to do that at the end of the first half to get a touchdown, and in the second half to kick the game-winning field goal. But if we reel back to the first half and, and you know execute and succeed, then we're not even in the same position. Eddie Pinheiro is going into this week, not even having to worry about what happened last week. It is what it is. It's a game of inches. We're not able to capitalize, and this offense is continuing to cost us week in and week out, which is leading to other areas of, of the team failing. So it's very frustrating to see, in my opinion. I know I was a little harsh on Eddie this past week. Obviously, he'll, has, he'll have opportunities to make some kicks this week because we know the offense ain't going to punch it in every time they get the ball. But I just it, – it's, it's honestly the most frustrating Bears season, in my opinion, in recent memory. And if they can't figure it out, I don't know if I'm going to figure it out. What I have to say is simply this. Over the last several weeks, they keep talking about wanting to do things for each other and doing these – you know, getting this ship right. But standing by your players is one thing. Being an asshole is another thing. And right now, I'm not saying to own up to, you know, may, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. No, own up to your mistake. I'm going to tell you that. Own up to your mistake. You knew you made a mistake. Don't blame your damn kicker just for the missed kick because you didn't put on the hash that he wanted to. Yes, I saw things all over Twitter. People talk about kickers always wanted on the left hash. Here's the thing, though. You don't. You didn't want to lose yards, so you took a knee and you lost two yards when you took that damn knee. If that <laughs> kick would have been two to five yards closer, that would have been in. Simply put, I don't care what it is, you did the wrong, you made the wrong choice. And I also saw on Twitter this week was, I forgot who said it, but they mentioned just simply fact that Matt Nagy should have learned by now the ramifications of always trying to, to win a game with a kick. You know, don't it, trust the, the kicker. Don't trust the kicker. You screwed up two games last year. You got lucky this year that he nailed one in Denver because you were in Denver and he had the extra oomph in the fucking Mile High City. And we talked about that all week going into it, you know? Absolutely. But my point is, what is he at this point? He's one in three on winning games with, you know, a field goal kick to end the game. That's You don't do that. Don't. I always play. Don't play scared. You had 43. I think it was 43 seconds on the clock. Make it an attempt. You two, po- two post routes and two out routes. If nothing's there in two to three seconds, which shows me he doesn't trust his quarterback, number one. Oh, absolutely. If, if, if nothing's there in two to three seconds, you throw it out. Next play, you run it up the middle. And if that and, and at that point, then you take your fucking timeout. You had 43 See, seconds. Stop being a- an idiot. Stop, stop fucking this team, Matt Nagy. You're not the main issue. You're just one of the two issues on this team. That's all I got, Pat. See, Go and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up real quick where you left off, but back to my point at the beginning of the podcast, this game right here against the Philadelphia Eagles, you're going to see a lot of, you know, if we lose this game, they're it's basic, over. you know, yeah, it's over. It's, it's over. People are going to lose jobs. We're going to get people out of here. We're, you know what I'm saying? The plan is going to be forward towards next season. So, you know, the optimistic person in me and the positive person in me and, and for our Bears on tap people, the Ethan in me wants to win. And I'll, I'll talk myself into it a gazillion ways until we get our shit kicked in on Sunday. But, I mean, with that being said, it's like, you know, 
I, I just don't see a way for them to win this game with offense currently constructed the way it is. So, so I'll leave it up to you, Pat. So yeah. what I'm going to do here real quick, guys, is I'm going to say this. So it's simply put this way. You just said it, Brandon. Uh, you know, you need to turn this around. You need to get a win here. You want to see a win for, for the fans and stuff like that. I'm going to go right into our predictions, and I'm going to tell you that ship sailed last week. The season's done. Season's over. Game, set, match. I don't care what's going to happen. They're going to lose this game 24 to 14. Guaranteed. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you parlayed it into your prediction. I like the way you did that. That was smooth. Second second game of the year that Matt Nagy is going to lose more than more by than more. I can't even talk right now because I'm just agitated. Yeah. He is going to lose by more than a touchdown. No, yeah. And and I'll piggyback off that. I'm in the same area. I got 27 to 13. So I don't even I don't even got us getting the two touchdowns. I got the I got the touch the touch. Probably, you know, I'm going to go out and say it. First quarter, early second quarter, touchdown field goals the rest of the way. Okay. Yeah, and I'm pretty much with you guys on this. Um, I think they're going to get throttled. I tweeted this out during earlier in the week. I don't think they have a chance in hell. Uh, we talked about how this is pretty much a must-win game. If the Bears want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to go 7-2 the at minimum. 7-2 and two the rest of the way to get to 10-6. and six. Um, Maybe well, if that even gets you. Yeah. So I think after this week, you're going to be staring uh, – uh, seven and one down the face because one of your two is definitely coming this week. Uh, this is a nightmare matchup for the Bears. I don't like it. They seem to never perform well in Philly. I got the Eagles winning this one 31 to 13. Whoa. Dang. Yeah, I, I do not yeah. think it's going to go well at all. Um, but, you know, maybe the Bears will shock us. I think this is the first time this season we've all predicted a loss. So, uh, Maybe we'll get a little reverse karma or some shit. I was going to say that's usually how that works. Or like, no. if we all yeah, said they got to prove us wrong. Us on Irish on tap all predicted Notre Dame by a gazillion last week, and we saw how that panned out. So maybe it'll work for us. Go Bears! Give us the good juju on our bad picks. Yeah, and hopefully Alshon Jeffrey goes for uh, zero for zero for a couple, uh, maybe like a handoff fumble or some shit. We'd <laughs> love to see that. I will say this: if the Bears lose this game. I want to see a shutdown perform. Like, I don't want to see anything from Alshon. I don't want to see anything from Jordan Howard. If Cravon LeBlanc finds into the roster, I don't want to see any pass breakups, none of that shit. None of the people that left the Bears, whether it was their own doing or us getting rid of them without, you know, without them wanting to leave, I do not want to see them successful in this game. But I just don't see it happening. I don't know. Hey. Alshon Jeffries is a tough target to get, to, to get hands on, and he's big. The last thing I He's have to say here, loser. yeah, that's right. The, the, the last thing I have to say for uh, Bears on Tap tonight, guys, is so far we're about to hit Friday, and Bradley Soul has not been switched around from practice squad to active roster, which means as the Bradley Soul podcast and page, he is still on the active roster, guys. Maybe we'll see him on game day. I was going to say, do we? Bradley Soul touchdown. Hell do yeah. We have, do we have an active record of our ro- of our record where he's on the roster? It's got to be in the positive. He is oh, the one chart. Oh, Jesus Christ. Reel that back. We're going to edit that one out. That one was <laughs> my bad because, you know, I have a personal vendetta with him. You know, when I was at the Bears-Rams game last year, I saw that glorious touchdown, first touchdown catch of his career. I called it earlier in the season, obviously, as a joke. But, Bradley, if you're out there on Sunday, go out and kill it. Bring home a Bears victory against those scumbags in Philly. Yeah, there we go. So, guys, I believe that's all we got. Um, hopefully the Bears go out 
into Philadelphia. They'll be on at noon on Sunday against the Eagles. Revenge game. We'll call it the Cody Parker game. Uh, that's all we got. Hopefully the Bears can go in and surprise us all. So, as always, bear down. <laughs>